Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Proverbs 21 and verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And high look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. And today I want to speak to you for a few minutes on this subject, the deadliest sin of all. The deadliest sin of all. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like you to think for a moment, what is the worst sin that you can think of? If you were to say that there are degrees of sin, which I do not believe, but if you did, what would you say is the worst sin that a person could commit? Would you say that it would be to steal from another person that's worked hard or saved their livelihood and then you just come and you just take it all? You just steal it. Would that be the worst sin? Would you say that adultery against your spouse and your family and especially against your God, would you say that that is the worst and the deadliest sin? Or would you say that murder, taking another person's life, would be the worst sin that you could commit? I believe that the worst sin that a person could ever commit is pride. Pride is the deadliest, the ugliest, the most ungodly sin that a person could ever commit. Pride has killed more people and led to more wars than any sin, any other sin. If I want something from you, I'll take it, even if I have to go to war. If you hurt me, I will bring my nation against your nation. And I don't care if hundreds of thousands of lives are lost. I have to be right, and I have to look good in front of other people. My pride will not allow me to do anything less than that. Ezekiel 16 and 49, going along with this thought of the worst of all sins, brings up the subject of Sodom. Ezekiel 16 and 49 Behold, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. And listen to what he says was their fault. And he starts with pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, and neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and of the needy. It started with pride. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to be my own person. I have more than I can want. I don't need God. I've got myself and what I've been able to accumulate in life to this point. I don't care about anybody else. The poor or the needy doesn't matter to me. The only one that matters is me. That spirit actually came from Satan himself. There was a coup in heaven. And in Isaiah 14 and verse 12, it says, 
How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the, to the ground whence thou did weaken the nations? And here's why. Because you said in your heart, notice all of the eyes of pride. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. It was all about pride. Pride has been kicked out of heaven and will never be allowed to return. Satan was cast down to the earth. He fell to the earth because of his pride. And now his goal is to promote pride in every one of us. He hopes that we will be his converts through pride. Pride was what led to the fall in the garden. Proverbs 16 and 18 said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Hebrews 10 and 31 says, it's a, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You see, God hates pride. I can't say it any stronger than that. He hates pride. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. I look at that word abomination. You know how I like to play with words. But I see bomb and a nation in the same word there. I'm just concerned about that. That's how much he hates it. Bombing a nation. And number one on his list of abominations is a proud look. He starts right from the top and he begins to work his way down. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies. Oh, and don't forget this one. He that sows discord among the brethren. Where does it all start? It starts with pride. Pride. We know that James 4 and 6 says, but he giveth more grace. God hath said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Resists. You know what that means to me? It means stay away from me. Don't approach me with your proud look and with your prideful spirit. Stay away. I resist that. I don't want that anywhere near me. But the humble, well, them I'm going to give grace to. I will give grace to them. The whole world is prideful. Did you know that? Take a look here at 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God will abide 
forever. He hates pride. Hates it. Proverbs 16 and verse 5. Everyone that is proud in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. And though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. What that means to me is God will break pride and then he will punish it. First he'll break it. Then he'll punish it. We cannot afford to be a prideful people. We can't afford it. There's a tremendous expense, and I'm about to tell you some of the things that pride will cost you. Pride will cost you. But first he breaks it, then he punishes it. Let me give you a few examples here. What will pride keep us from? I want you to think about that for a moment. What will pride keep you from doing? Pride will keep you from admitting that you're wrong. I can't admit that. Well, sure, there's wrongs on both sides, and everybody's guilty to a degree, but most of the problem is with them. I only have this small faction. Don't ask me to cross the river to make this right. They're the ones that are more wrong than I am. And so because of our pride, we can't admit. Have you ever said, you know what, I was wrong? When's the last time you said, I was wrong? I remember playing a game with my, my granddaughter. We went up north uh, for a few days, and, and uh, Delena said, well, you know, uh, God created all the animals. And, and I said, yeah, he did. And he said, and he created the fishes and the birds and things. I said, well, now, Delena, you need to understand that, that birds and fish are not animals. And she said, What? Sure they are, Grandpa. And I, I was teasing her. I was just playing with her, okay? And this went on for hours, didn't it? I mean, it went on the whole day. I said, now listen, God said that he created fish. Then he created animals. So animals and fish aren't the same thing. And birds, birds fly. So they're not animals. They're birds. So God categorized different parts of creation. And I was driving her crazy. And she was getting angry with me. And I could see that it was getting out of control. So the next morning, I said, we got up and I said, Delena, I want to talk to you. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I said, Delena, I, I prayed about it. And you know what? You're right. You know, those fish and those birds, I, I guess they are animals. Like all the other animals. And she goes, Really? You've changed your mind, because I was so stubborn about it. And I, really? She was surprised by that. Hey, when's the last time you admitted you were wrong? Remember the nine words I've tried to teach you over the years? Let's see if you can remember them. I'm sorry. I was wrong. You got it. Pride won't let you say that. Pride will resist that. Don't admit you're wrong. Don't say you're sorry. 
Don't ask for forgiveness. You're better than that. It's their fault. They're the ones that are wrong. Can't admit you're wrong. You know another thing pride won't let you do? Pride will not allow you to ask for forgiveness. It won't. Because you, again, you'd have to admit you're wrong and pride doesn't want that. When's the last time you said, can you forgive me? I was wrong. When's the last time you said that? And why can't you say it? Do you know people can have feuds in their families for generation after generation after generation? They can't forgive one another. It didn't even happen in their lifetime. And they can't forgive one another. And they can't get past it. Why is that? It's pride. It's pride. If it weren't for those Hatfields, this world would be a better place. And that's exactly the opposite thing that the McCoys say. We have civil wars going on in our own families. And the enemy, he would really like to sow discord among the brethren. He'd like a civil war in the church. He's the one that sows discord among the brethren. He inspires it through pride. You're right, and they're wrong. Stand up for what you believe. Put them in their place. You can't forgive somebody, even when they come and ask for forgiveness. Why? Pride. Pride. It destroys our lives. It doesn't make our lives better. You can't admit that you need help. I have a weakness. I have a secret sin. There's something that I just can't seem to overcome in my life, but you can't ask for help from God or your brother or your sister. You just can't find it in yourself to admit that you need help can't admit it. And so you struggle by yourself because pride has wrapped itself around you. Do you remember the first time you came to church? You saw people clapping their hands and lifting their hands and singing out loud, not just meditating. Why couldn't you lift your hands? Why were you so uncomfortable pride pride I'm not going to clap my hands till I get to the Packer game then I'll I'm not going to get all excited and shout and yell And why is it that we can do those things for others but we can't do them for God what is wrong with us pride pride. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Worship him. Why can't I worship him? Pride. Well, somebody might see me. Somebody might hear me. Are you ashamed to worship God? Do you care more about what the person next to you thinks of you than the God 
that you came to worship? Will your pride keep you from worship? It can. What's so hard about, you know, I've been to other churches. As a matter of fact, you know that I was out of town Wednesday praying for a man in, in Texas, and I went, to, uh, I went to another apostolic church, and I, was, I have to admit I was a little disappointed. And what disappointed me was is that when the preacher got done with his message, he said, okay, now everybody greet one another, and we'll see you on Sunday morning. I don't think we should ever end a service without inviting people to respond at an altar to what God has just said to them. I, I, don't, I can't speak for others, but I can tell you, and I'm not saying this boastfully, I'm saying this as humbly as I can. I don't, there's a lot of things you can preach. That Bible is full of things. You could take one verse and preach on, but what does God wanna say to abundant life and the people that he draws by his spirit on December the 6th, 2015. That's what I want to know. That's part of my responsibility is to bring a message from God to God's people. That's what I'm doing this morning. That's where I got this message from. I didn't read it out of a book. I, I wasn't listening to somebody else preach a message and I stole it from them. I believe that God wants his people to be humble and he wants to break the spirit of pride because it destroys his people. It binds them. It binds them. And ultimately it, it kills them. So every time we have the end of a service, which we'll have in just a few minutes, you can count on it. You're gonna get an invitation. You're gonna be asked if you would like to respond to what God just said to you. But I'm here to tell you, as sure as I'm standing here, that the enemy will speak as well. Hey, he preached too long today. We gotta get out of here. Hey, he wasn't preaching to me. He was preaching to them. So I'm leaving. We won't come to an altar and say, God, search me, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Is there anything that I need to repent of? Is there anyone that I need to forgive? Is there anyone that I need to ask forgiveness of? Is everything right between you and I, God, and, and between I and your people? Is it right? And if it's not, Lord, then break that pride. Break my heart. Break my spirit. Humble me before you and before your people so that I can be free of the spirit of pride. Because pride is not getting into heaven. And pride has stolen too much from me. Philippians chapter two. How many of you brought your Bible today? Good, bring your Bible. 
Uh, let me just back up. I don't want to. I don't want to rush here. I have an antidote for pride, and I'm going to share share a story with you to illustrate it. You've all been in a service where God has moved on you and you felt like God wanted to use you. Can I get an amen? amen. And so you say to God, you say, God, I want to be used of you. Just direct me. Just direct my steps and give me an opportunity and an, and an anointing and a boldness to be used of you tomorrow. We've all done that, right? right. Well, I remember I did that on a Sunday night and on a Monday morning. And it, I was working for... Pittsburgh paint and glass and I was in a big factory in a warehouse in Milwaukee and just I and another man were on this entire floor and we were moving skids and we, we didn't have a forklift, we had a hand truck, the kind that you pump up and it lifts the skid up off the floor and then you pull it or you push it. I don't know how he did it but this guy had his hand on the handle back here and he wanted to get the skid right against the wall and so he tried to maneuver that and his foot was underneath the skid when he hit the button and it dropped right on his foot. And so when that big heavy skid landed on his foot, he lost the handle. Now he has no control over the forklift and he's pinned under that and he's screaming because his foot is broke. It crushed the top of his foot and, and there he is. Now I'm the only other guy on the floor and he's yelling, help, help. And so I came over there and got, got it off of him and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, if you pray him, pray for him, I'll heal him. That's what I asked for the previous night, right? I didn't do it. Well, we got to get an ambulance. So I called for an ambulance. And I started hopping him over to the elevator. And the Lord spoke to me a second time. Pray for him. And I'll heal him. I didn't do it. Got him in the elevator. I didn't even know the guy. We just got assigned to the same floor that day. Got on the elevator. We're going down. It's just me and him. And God speaks to me a third time. I'm feeling like Peter. I didn't do it. The elevator door opens. Here's these EMTs. They grab the guy and away he goes. And then the enemy came. You call yourself a Christian. You rant and rave in church and you put on airs and tell everybody how you want to be used of God. Then a guy gets hurt and you don't even pray for him. You are a hypocrite. Ouch. And what could I say? Everything he said was true. I did pray for this. I did fail. But he, listen, Satan doesn't play fair. I mean, when he gets you on the ground, he doesn't let up. He'll just keep beating and wailing on you till help comes. And I mean, this, this must have went on for a half an hour. You call yourself. I felt so bad, I felt terrible. I had to leave my post and I went to the locker room and I sat on the bench and I remember it like yesterday and I, I put my face in my hands and I started crying. I was so embarrassed about how I'd failed God and disappointed him and, and let that other guy down. But Satan made one mistake. 
And this is what he said. And God will never forgive you for this. Now I know. You know what God wanted? God wanted humility. Here's the antidote for pride. If, if, if you've heard me in this message, please get this. And I stood up from that spot and I lifted up my hands and I said, God, I have failed you. I am so sorry that I disappointed you and let that man down. I offer no excuse. I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm not blaming circumstances. Anybody hearing me today? Because that's what we do with pride. Somebody else's fault. The circumstances that I've been dealt, the hand that is given to me, that's why I'm in this. No, I offer no excuse, only my apology, and I ask for forgiveness and mercy. When I said that, it was like the Spirit of God just came over me and all that garbage washed away. It was just gone. I felt a peace about it. And you know what happened next? A few hours later, near the end of the shift, the guy came back on crutches. Yeah, he hobbled in there. See, all of his street clothes were in the locker, and at the end of our shift, everybody takes off their work clothes, takes a shower, and puts their street clothes on and goes home. Well, it's near the end of his shift, and so his wallet and all of his clothes are in the locker, so here he comes on his crutches. It's the end of the shift, and all the guys are in the locker room getting ready to take showers. And when I saw that guy, something rose up in me, it was as if God said, I'm going to give you another chance. And that guy came and he sat on that bench and I walked up to him and I said, I'm here to pray for you because God wants to heal you right now. And I put my, I'm not saying this, I'm saying this humbly, but you'll see why. I didn't care what those guys thought in the locker room. Well, who are you? Who do you think? I don't care what you think. You know what? You can think whatever you want of me, but I know what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. And that guy didn't object, so I put my hands on his head. Man, I am praying at the top of my lungs for, with everything I got inside of me, and I could have heard a pin drop. There wasn't one man in that group that was around that guy that had anything funny to say or ridiculed what was happening. They were all there with their heads bowed in their meditational prayers, and that's okay. That's okay. And I got done praying for him, and I had a chance to witness to him. And I found out a little bit about his life, and I had a chance to invite him to church. God gave me a second chance through humility, and he'll do it for you too through humility. I wish I could tell you that the story had the happiest of endings. Two weeks later, that man was dead of a drug overdose. You see, it was his last chance to hear the truth. Maybe his only chance. Can you imagine how I would have felt 
If God hadn't given me a second chance through humility. You see, humility is the antidote for pride. It breaks it. Smashes it. Philippians 2 and 7 Speaking of Jesus, it said he made himself of no reputation. Here's humility. He took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Think about this just for a minute. Just give me a little liberty here, will you? Think about this. The God that created the entire universe and all that it consists of comes in the form of a human being and is willing to give his life for everybody that has failed him and disappointed him. That's very humbling to be God and then have to be man and then to have to be lied upon, beaten, and hung on a cross. And none of us have experienced it. We can't tell God. I didn't think of this when I was preparing this message, but none of us will be able to tell God, you don't know how bad I've got it. Forget that, that ain't gonna work. None of us have experienced what he experienced. So don't think he can't relate to you. But he wants you to follow his example of humility. You have three choices when it comes to humility. Three choices. The world will humble you. It will. The world hates pride. People that are arrogant, people want to see them fall. God will humble you. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If I have to break your knees, he's saying, I'll break them. I'll bust them. You will be on your knees. You will be humbled. It's only a question of when, not if. But the third choice is the best choice. You can humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will come over to you and pick you back up. If you'll humble yourself. So Jesus humbled himself, that's what it says, and became obedient. See, pride won't allow you to obey either. But after the humility, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now here's the result of humility. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's stand together. Micah chapter 6 And verse six, what do you think God wants from you today? What is it, 
What is it that God is trying to accomplish in my life? The preacher's preached for 30 minutes now. Let's hear the conclusion before we hear the invitation. God, do you want me to come before you and bow myself before the high God? Should I come before him with burnt offerings and with calves of a year old? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my transgression? Should I give the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? But he hath showed me, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what he wants. Do justly. I need to give forgiveness. I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to admit when I'm wrong. I need to be a restorer, not a destroyer. I need to love mercy not just for me, but for others. And I need to walk humbly. I wonder if pride will be smashed at the altar today when we come with humility and repentance. And those of you that might be struggling receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you haven't spoken tongues in a long time, let me tell you why. Pride is knocking on your door. And if you would come to an altar today in humility and lift up your hands and confess to God what he already knows and determine that you will do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly, God would refill you with the Holy Ghost or fill you from the first time. I know what I'm talking about is true. I came to the altar for six months seeking the Holy Ghost and could never lift my hands. But the day I lifted my hands and my heart and humbled myself before God, that's the day God broke the pride and filled me with his spirit. Jesus, I pray today that people will hear this message and respond according to the leading of your spirit. Let it be to them that you spoke to them today and directed them Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.